And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And this week we continue with the series, The Dwelling Place. The importance of knowing Jesus, abiding and dwelling in Him, in His Word and in His presence, in the secret place, in your private room, just having fellowship with Him, talking to Him, sharing your heart, opening up your heart, allowing the Lord in and allowing the Lord to have your heart. Amen. But the Lord seeks to have your heart. The Lord, Jesus, and the Father. Amen. And remember, we finished off last week with John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me, and I in him, bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. And this is the Amplified Classic Edition of the Bible. John chapter 15, verse 5. And then verse 6, Jesus continues and says, If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken-off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire, and they are burned. Now, we have to at this point realize the importance of Jesus coming to the earth. Remember, in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, it shows us that Eve decided to not agree with God, to not obey the Lord, and instead to obey Lucifer, who became Satan, in the form of the serpent, when she obeyed the devil, and she ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was when everything fell. Man and everything that man had dominion over, which he had been given two chapters earlier by God, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, every creeping things that move upon the earth, man was given the job to subdue the earth in Genesis 1. And now he lost that responsibility. He gave that dominion over to the devil. But Jesus came to the earth to redeem us, to allow us a way back to God because the act of sin and letting in sin and death and sickness and disease and everything else that came as part and parcel with that act at the tree that day caused the love of God to send his only begotten son, Jesus. The Father sent his son so that we would not perish in the place that we deserve to go as a result of our actions at the tree. But there is a way back to the Lord. There is a way back to the Father. And it has to be in Christ, in Jesus, for us to receive Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. It is the only way back to God. That act that day at the tree caused an absolute chasm between us and God. Sin separated us from God. There was no separation before the disobedience at the tree by Eve and then Adam. But today, we have a choice to make. Are we going to receive the only way back to God? Or are we going to carry on in the way that we are living and the way we are pretending to live, in some cases, under the illusion that we are still going to get into heaven? There is only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me or by me. So we must choose Jesus if we want eternal life in a good place and not an evil place. We will receive eternal life somewhere. We will live eternally, but it will not be anything like 
what you want. If you do not receive Jesus and dwell in him, abide in him, and seek him with all of your heart, and call him Lord, Lord, and get to know him and allow Jesus to get to know you. Because in that day, we do not want to be told by the Lord, I never knew you, depart from me. We do not want that, amen, because that is certain certain eternal death, living in an eternal hell, literally, amen, which was only supposed to be for all the fallen angels and the devil himself. But we will end up there if we are not careful, if we are lukewarm. Jesus said, I will spew you out. We don't want to be lukewarm, and we don't want to be cold. We want to be hot for the Lord. We want to be on fire for the Lord. We want to be in love with Jesus. There's nothing wrong with Jesus. There's nothing wrong with loving Jesus. Amen. Don't let the uh, devil tempt you anymore away from the Lord. Occupying your day with so many distractions. Let the Lord be number one in your life and be very cognizant of what is trying to take your time away from him. Now, this is very real, what we're reading here today. Every scripture is always real, and it's always the truth. It's not always pleasing to the ear, unless you agree with it. Amen? Unless you accept it. The first time you hear it, you don't like it, you end up needing to accept it for your own good. John chapter 15, verse 6, Jesus says, If a person does not dwell in me, He is thrown out like a broken-off branch, and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire, and they are burned. We do not want to be a branch that is not bearing fruit, that is not connected to the true vine that is Jesus. We want to be abiding in Him. We want to have communion with Him. We want to have conversation with Him. We want to seek Him and spend time with Him on a daily basis, time in His Word, this truth that is the power of God's word in written form and in the human form that was Jesus. So let's look at some commentary from other respected scholars on this particular section of the passage of John chapter 15. In Matthew Henry's concise commentary, chapter 15, 1 through 8, this is his commentary. Jesus Christ is the vine, the true vine the union of the human and divine natures and the fullness of the spirit that is in him resemble the root of the vine made fruitful by the moisture from a rich soil. Believers are branches of this vine. The root is unseen and our life is hid with Christ. The root bears the tree, diffuses sap to it, and in Christ all are supports and supplies. The branches of the vine are many, yet meeting in the root are all but one vine. Thus, all true Christians, though in place and opinion distant from each other, meet in Christ. Believers, like the branches of the vine, are weak and are unable to stand, but as they are borne up. The father is the husbandman, also known as the vine dresser in some versions. Never was any husbandman so wise, so watchful about his vineyard as God is about his church, which therefore must prosper. We must be fruitful from a vine 
we look for grapes. And from a Christian, we look for a Christian temper, disposition, and life. We must honor God and do good. This is bearing fruit. The unfruitful are taken away. And even fruitful branches need pruning, for the best have notions, passions, and humors that require to be taken away, which Christ has promised to forward the sanctification of believers. They will be thankful for them. The word of Christ is spoken to all believers, and there is a cleansing virtue in that word, as it works grace and works out corruption. And the more fruit we bring forth, the more we abound in what is good, the more our Lord is glorified. In order to bear fruitfulness, we must abide in Christ, must have union with Him by faith. It is the great concern of all Christ's disciples constantly to keep up dependence upon Christ and communion with Him. True Christians find by experience that any interruption in the exercise of their faith causes holy affections to decline, their corruptions to revive, and their comforts to droop. Those who abide not in Christ, though they may flourish for a while in outward profession, yet come to nothing. The fire is the fittest place for withered branches. They are good for nothing else. Let us seek to live more simply on the fullness of Christ and to grow more fruitful in every good work and word. So may our joy in Him and in His salvation be full. Amen. That was the commentary from Matthew Henry. Now let's look at another commentary because we don't want to look at just one commentator. Amen. Let's look at one more. And it's Matthew Paul's commentary. P-O-O-L-E. Matthew Paul's commentary. And this is on that section of the Bible in John chapter 15. Matthew Paul's commentary says, Our Lord yet pursueth the metaphor of the vine, the branches and the husbandman. Look, saith he, when the time of pruning the vine cometh, the vine dresser cutteth off the fruitless, luxuriant branches, and throws them by, which being done, their greenness presently abates, and they wither, and after a time some come and gather them up, and cast them into some fire where they are burned. So it will be with you, the commentator writes here, so it will be with you if you do not bring forth fruit. God will take from you his common influences, which have for a while made you look speciously, and your profession or your parts and gifts will wither and decay. And in the day of judgment, the angel shall gather you up and God shall cast you into hell. Matthew chapter 13 verses 40 and 41 where you shall perish as miserably 
nay, infinitely more miserably than if you were burned with fire. So very sobering words, as Matthew Paul put it in his commentary of John chapter 15, around verses 5 and 6. And I know verse 6 is not very pleasing to our ears, but as I was saying in last week's program at the beginning, we would not be loving you if we didn't tell you the truth, if we didn't call out some of these verses. It wouldn't be very loving of me if I saw you walk towards the edge of a cliff and you were distracted with your phone. You were distracted with looking up at the sky to the beautiful birds and you didn't see that there's a cliff edge coming. I would not be very loving if I did not warn you of that cliff edge and say, no, stop where you are, turn the other way, turn to Jesus. I wouldn't be loving you very much, would I? And so that's why we have to tell you the truth. We're not here to please your ears. If we lose listeners, so be it. You must know the truth because the truth shall set you free. And it's the love of Christ. And Jesus is giving you a hand up right now. He's reaching down and he's saying, I can rescue you here. My free gift of eternal life is in my hand. Take hold of me and receive me and allow me to pull you up. We read in Matthew Paul's commentary, there's a couple of verses in Matthew chapter 13 that he cross-referenced regarding the withered branches, throwing them into the fire. So let's see what Jesus has to say, because this is part of the parables of the sower in Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to read from 24 to 53. So we have to learn, we have to see here what Jesus says. Is Jesus himself, the Lord himself, is telling us and warning us in these next few verses what is going to happen if we do not dwell in him. Amen. And so it's so important to seek the Lord with all of your heart, to receive him as Lord. God does not want to force you into his arms. This is not a forcing thing. This is a warning it is a stark warning. We have to make a choice. Let's not put off this decision any longer. If we have not already made Jesus our Lord and Savior, now is the time because this next hour in your life is not promised. Nobody ever promised that you will for sure live one more hour. You believe it's highly likely. I do too. But it's not guaranteed. And neither is tomorrow. So there is no time like the present. But let us show you this cliff edge. Amen. Let us show you the cliff edge, warn you of the cliff edge. Jesus is warning you of the cliff edge. Time is ticking down. We are in the end times. This is not to scare you, but if it does and it causes you to rethink your destiny and and you want it in Christ instead of in the world, then so be it. Let it scare you. Whatever it takes, this truth, you need to consider it and accept it or do whatever you want with it. But at least hear me one time. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, it says, Another parable he, Jesus, set forth before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while he was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed also darnel, that's weeds resembling wheat, among the wheat. So an enemy came and sowed weeds that was resembling wheat wheat that looked like wheat but it was weeds and the enemy was sowing the darnel among the wheat and went on his way so when the plants sprouted and formed grain the darnel the weeds appeared also 
And the servants of the owner came to him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Then how does it have Darnell shoots in it? Verse 28, he replied to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and weed them out? But he said, No, lest in gathering the wild wheat, weeds resembling wheat, you root up the true wheat along with it. Let them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will say to the reapers, Gather the darnel first, and bind it in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my granary. Verse 31, another story by way of comparison he set forth before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Of all the seeds, it is the smallest, but when it has grown, it is the largest of the garden herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and find shelter in its branches. He told them another parable. Verse 33, The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, sourdough, which a woman took and covered over in three measures of meal or flour till all of it was leavened. Verse 34, These things all taken together, Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, without a parable, he said nothing to them. This was in fulfillment of what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things that have been hidden since the foundation of the world. Verse 36, it says, Then he left the throngs and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the Darnell in the field. He answered, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. And the good seed means the children of the kingdom. The Darnell is the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed it is the devil. The harvest is the close and consummation of the age. And the reapers are angels. Verse 40. Just as the Darnell, weeds resembling wheat, is gathered and burned with fire, so it will be at the close of the age. Verse 41. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of offense, persons by whom others are drawn into error or sin, and all who do iniquity and act wickedly. Verse 42, And will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be weeping and wailing and grinding of teeth. Then will the righteous... Those who are upright and in right standing with God shine forth like the sun, S-U-N, in the kingdom of their Father. Let him who has ears to hear be listening, and let him consider and perceive and understand by hearing. Verse 44, The kingdom of heaven is like something precious, buried in a field, which a man found and hid again. Then in his joy... He goes and sells all he has and buys that field. Verse 45, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who is a dealer in search of fine and precious pearls, who, on finding a single pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet, which was cast into the sea and gathered in fish of every sort. 
When it was full, men dragged it up on the beach and sat down and sorted out the good fish into baskets, but the worthless ones they threw away. Verse 49. So it will be at the close and consummation of the age. The angels will go forth and separate the wicked from the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with God, and cast them, the wicked, into the furnace of fire. There will be weeping and wailing and grinding of teeth. Verse 51. Have you understood all these things, parables taken together? They said to him, Yes, Lord. He said to them, Therefore every teacher and interpreter of the sacred writings who has been instructed about and trained for the kingdom of heaven and has become a disciple is like a householder who brings forth out of his storehouse treasure that is new and treasure that is old, the fresh as well as the familiar. Verse 53 says, When Jesus had finished these parables, these comparisons, he left there. So there is many parables there. Jesus was talking about separating the darnel from the wheat, the wicked from the righteous, and the angels, the Son of Man, Jesus himself, will one day tell the angels to go and reap that harvest and separate the two, and the wicked will be thrown into the fire, and those branches will wither away and burn up. So we have to come to a conscious decision and make a choice. If we are already born again, if we believe we are believers in Christ, we are in Christ, we believe it, then I would say spend more time, increase your time. If you think you're perfectly fine, you're saved, you're going to heaven, well, the Bible says we are to check ourselves. We are supposed to evaluate ourselves. Lord, have your Holy Spirit show me, is there a place in my life that I have not given over to Jesus yet? Is there a part of my heart that I've not given to Jesus? Constantly check yourself, not through fear, but just through prudence, amen? Just through a wise action, because why wouldn't you want to give the Lord Jesus who paid so much for you, everything of you, amen? Because we are not our own, we've been bought with a price. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 to 28 says, And just as it is appointed for all men once to die, and after that the certain judgment. Verse 28, Even so it is that Christ, having been offered to take upon himself and bear as a burden the sins of many, once and once for all, will appear a second time, not to carry any burden of sin, nor to deal with sin, but to bring to full salvation those who are eagerly, constantly, and patiently waiting for and expecting him. So are we eagerly, constantly, and patiently waiting for and expecting him? Are we desiring conversation with the Lord? Are we wanting to bear fruit? Are we wanting to love the Lord thy God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves? Are we praying for the sick? Are we preaching the gospel to the ends of the earth? Are we bearing good fruit? Are we bearing fruit on this branch that is connected to our Lord? Are we connected to our Lord in the first place? Is our branch even connected? Are we even connected to the vine? Check yourself. Is our branch starting to wither away? Are we not spending enough time in his word because his word is life? His word is alive and active, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. 
Matthew chapter 7 verse 22 says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name and done many mighty works in your name? Verse 23, it says, And then I will say to them openly, publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly, disregarding my commands. So let's seek the Lord with all of our heart. Let's do his commands. Let's love one another, but let's teach the gospel. Let's let's preach the gospel to the end of the earth. Let's seek the Lord with all of our heart. Have this relationship with him that he so preciously paid for. And the father paid so preciously for with sending his only begotten son to die for us. Amen. Let's have this relationship with the Lord. Amen. Let us be used of the Lord. Let his name be proclaimed upon the earth, around the earth, and glorified because he deserves it. We don't deserve to be glorified, but even we shall be glorified according to the Bible. Lord, we just thank you today for your immense mercy and grace upon these precious souls. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we will all be convicted and we will all check ourselves into making sure of our salvation, working out our salvation with fear and trembling, as your word says. Lord, we thank you that that's a fear of reverence of you, Lord, of your your immense almighty power and you being the God of the universe, the creator of the universe. Let us be your children, your sons and daughters growing up. Let us be in fellowship with you. Amen. Every day. Let us understand your scriptures. Let us understand you, Lord Jesus. Let us get to know you more. And Lord, all of it is up to us. It's not up to you. You've already done your part. You've already shed your blood on the cross for this to be possible. And we thank you, Lord, today for that tremendous sacrifice. And we bless your holy name today. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we end the program, we just want to pray very quickly for you to be completely healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, everything in between. We speak the life of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit within you right now. Be healed, be whole now. In Jesus' name, amen. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.